Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to the Pilgrim's Odyssey. I'm your host Silwan. Great to be with you today. All week we have been talking about George Washington's farewell address. Last couple of days, his admonitions to preserve our liberty through unity of government, the danger of the military establishment, and the divisiveness of parties. Today, we're going to end this series on the values he saw as needed to preserve this character and freedom. I'm doing this because we need to be reminded now more than ever of what made our country great. It is freedom. It is liberty. It's pioneers making their way, fighting for the right to determine your own destiny. Without that, we are not America. Now, I'm sure there are lots of people that don't like that, don't want us to be America. But if we want to be a reflection of what we were founded upon and of those who cleared the trail of our country, we have to remember these things and we need to share them. Remind ourselves, share with our youth. So here's what he said about the values that he saw that we needed to preserve our character and freedoms. Of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism, who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, these firmest props of the duties of men and citizens. The mere politician, equally with the pious man, ought to respect and to cherish them, A volume could not trace all their connections with private and public felicity. Let it simply be asked, where is the security for property, for reputation, for life, if the sense of religious obligation desert the oaths which are the instruments of investigation in courts of justice? And let us with caution indulge the supposition that morality can be maintained without religion. Whatever may be conceded to the influence of refined education on minds of peculiar structure, reason, and experience, both forbid us to expect the national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. That's a lot of words. Let's break them down. Number one, religion and morality are indispensable supports. For political prosperity, which as he has said is unity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. As religion and morality are weakened, are broken down, what happens? We become divided. We become divided. We lose our political prosperity. He went so far to say that to claim you are a patriot... To claim you're a patriot without religion and morality is a vain claim. It is vanity. 
You are not a patriot without those two things. He went on talking about the courts. That the sense of fairness and investigation in the courts was what? It was a religious obligation. And that he cautioned us that fairness, morality could be maintained without religion. Let us caution the indulgence that morality can be maintained without religion. Whatever may be conceded to the influence of refined education on minds of peculiar structure, reason, and experience, both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. We cannot expect national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. I spent years volunteering in prisons. Years. People of all color, all backgrounds, without a doubt, without a doubt, the majority of the men and women I met in those prisons, the most common theme of their incarceration was an immoral background that began when they were kids. Not growing up in a nuclear family. Not having a mom and dad. Not having a dad. Growing up around drugs. Growing up around gangs. That was the number one thing. Now, that led to people being poor, but I, I can't even think of one person I met who had grown up poor, but had a really strong mom and dad, and I met him in a prison. Now, I'm sure they exist. I mean, people of all backgrounds get in trouble. People with moms and dads get in trouble. But you go to visit a maximum security prison, and there are 3,000 people in there, and you do talks, you do workshops, 50, 100 people at a time. You go around the room, you introduce yourself. It is rare you meet somebody from any other background than one of immorality and a broken family. That's who you meet. That's what's become of our country. It's normal. I mean, it's normal of kids with a parent with a good job to grow up surrounded by the absence of religious influence, the absence of being taught any other morality than what feels good, do it. Take care of yourself. I think that's why sometimes people are such social justice warriors because when it comes to their own behavior, they know in a lot of ways they're debased and they don't stand for anything. So it's a lot easier to bring up some cause and go, look at me, look, look at what I'm standing for. But if you saw what they did from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, it would probably disgust you. It's probably a lot of phone time and video games and worthlessness. And it's not surprising people look for things to find value in. Now, I know that's a little hardcore, but George Washington was being hardcore. There wasn't any part of his message beating around the bush. A nation of prosperity needs religion and morality. He called them indispensable. He said courts need a religious obligation 
in order for them to fulfill their instruments of investigation. And he cautioned us to think that we could sustain the morality of our politics, of our courts without religion. I mean, look what's happened to the courts. So many cases where the law's not followed, it's people twist words to fit their political ambition. You know, they're not judges of the law anymore. They're Republicans and Democrats and independents, and who can we get on the bench? It's the opposite of morality. You want to see immorality? Go visit a court. See how the poor get treated compared to the rich. And then tell me that's moral. Go see who's in prisons. Go see what we do to rehabilitate drug addicts. Go see what we do to prepare those prisoners for what's going to await them when they leave the prison. Go to some private prison that makes more money the more prisoners that are in there and they're paying off politicians. Show me our morality. Where is it? Where is it in our politics? Where is it in our judges? I don't see much of it. George Washington would not recognize our country. He would be appalled at the lack of morality. He'd be appalled on a Sunday morning that, you know, most people are sleeping one off or catching up on chores or entertaining themselves. He'd be appalled at the way we treat the least of us. I mean, what have we done to encourage family and values and morality among our most vulnerable neighborhoods where the most crime comes from, where the most criminals come from. You know, we allow them to indulge their lesser evils instead of encouraging their better angels that we all have. It's time to speak up. It's time to not put up with it anymore. It's time to call out everybody in politics because it is everybody. Our political system is corrupt. It's based on money. It's not based on religion and morality. There are very, very few politicians that are without the sin of corruption. Very few. Demand what George Washington said we needed. Fight for it. Stand for it. It is that serious. I was watching this show here in Idaho about John Brown and about his passion to free the slaves. About his passion that was based upon his religious faith. His willingness to fight for what is right. To die for what is right. And arguably, he was the match that lit the fire that led to the slaves being freed. In a lot of ways, the lack of morality we face today is a danger to us that is as existentially significant as a divided country was then because of slavery. And it's going to need people with the passion and the courage and the voice to make a difference, to point to what is right, to show people another way to life, one of love, one of family, one of freedom, one of liberty, 
one of a pioneering spirit of adventure, of making this world as best as we can in the image of God because we were created in the image of God. Those are things to get excited about. Those are things to share with your neighbors. Those are things to stand up on your roof and yell. That's what George Washington would want. In fact, that's what he would demand. That's what he would expect of the sons and daughters of liberty, of freedom, of what made America great. So think of a way you can shout it out. Shout it out on social media. Shout it out to your friends. Shout it out at church. Shout it out in a prison where you go to volunteer and show those young men and women another way. Shout it out any way you can. Call on the spirit of George Washington with the strength of the grace of our God and fight and make a difference for America and the values our liberties and freedom were all based upon. So until next time, my friends, I'm Silouan coming to you from Idaho, soon to be on my way home. Aim high, just like the birds I see flying around the mountains here. Spread your wings and keep your eyes on the things that matter. Peace. You've been listening to the Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on the Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.